Joey and Kieran are late to the game. Hello, Kieran. Hello, Joey, and welcome, one and all, to Late to the Game. This is a podcast that I and my friend Joey do, and it's about mm-hmm. video games, of all things. Of um, all things. <laughs> uh, specifically, it's about ourselves and our tastes and the games that we play and occasionally it's about games that we missed out on uh the first time around that we're sort of rediscovering uh yes falling falling back in love or maybe falling yeah. in love for the first time or maybe That's falling our... out of love it's a this show has a wide gamut of emotional responses that it does um yeah it's a it's a very loose theme that we stick to uh <laughs> let's say inconsistently let's say mostly <laughs> me very inconsistently um <laughs> Because uh, I've talked about it before, but uh, I uh, I have a hard on for immediacy. So a game comes out, and I'm like, "Ooh, this game wasn't out three hours ago," and I'm more enticed than uh, by it than I am uh, apparently the other games I was currently playing. Well, it's um, good you have you have your finger on the pulse of what's hot right now. What's hot with the kids? Do you know? Do you yeah. remember those? You remember like old video game magazines where each um like each uh, writer would have like their title. I think it might have been Game Informer or maybe some others too, where it was like, um, they might still do this. Actually, I haven't picked up a Game Informer in years, but it was like, you know, it was like, hey, I'm Timmy Johnson and I'm like the gamer elite or whatever. And then yeah. it's like, oh, I'm I'm Tamara Johnson, T- Timmy Johnson's sibling. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> like the gamer with attitude. You're like, you're like uh, the gamer. You're like the modern gamer. You're a modern gamer. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I t- that came out sounding like an insult. I didn't mean it that way. Oh, no worries. You're just a modern gamer. You're a modern gamer. Hey there, buddy. Uh, are you enjoying your microtransactions and your day one patches, you <laughs> slut? Uh, well, without further ado, I guess uh, we haven't uh, spoken in a while about games, uh, mm-hmm. so let's let's just get into it. What do you yeah. what have What have you been playing lately? I am very glad you asked, Kieran, because uh, I I managed to snag uh, a Super Nintendo Classic. Oh, and, nice! And uh, those are those are out now, right? Yeah, they uh, they came out uh, like a week ago. They they, they came out relatively recently, and cool. um, yeah, I I love it. Um, <laughs> you also I, had the NES Classic, right? Yeah. Do and you? So, is it? Yeah. Go, I mean, go ahead. Sorry. Um, I was gonna say so far I prefer the SNES classic. There there are a couple of very minor improvements that are like uh things along the lines of, hey, now you can have different uh borders, uh, since these games weren't made to be sixteen by nine. Um or, That wasn't in the uh, NES classic. That was in like the Game Boy player. And like the yeah, uh, nah, but, the Super Game Boy. Yep, not the NES classic for some reason. Um huh. but now they're they're there in the SNES classic and um uh, the the save states you can now uh, rewind uh, a little bit and uh, start from like a period like a little bit before um, you actually activated the save state and uh whoa wait how does that work like it it remembers what you did yeah so it like it actually saves like a chunk of time that's like a couple seconds long yeah like anywhere from like a few minutes to just like a few seconds depending on the game and huh, um, that seems like complicated in a way that just saving the exact moment in time isn't but yeah, maybe it's it, not i don't know i don't know too much about that kind of thing yeah like i mean when you save it 
um like you never have to mess with the rewind stuff or anything like from a, from a user perspective you uh you create the save state and then when you boot it back up you're exactly where you created the save state but also mm. then if you want to you can uh rewind and hit a spot like a, a couple of seconds before so you know you know it'd be confusing this is this is <laughs> this is just a bad joke and isn't relevant to anything uh, Go what, on. If, <laughs> what if you did that with um the game braid which has its own time reversing mechanic mm-hmm. so you like reverse time but the time you were reversing was a time that you were like accelerating time in braid so like it looks like it was playing at normal speed forward I feel like you would spontaneously get a nosebleed, like uh, <laughs> like someone in an anime who saw a slightly unclothed unclothed uh, a slightly nude woman. I, oh, I thought you meant like like someone who's like seeing the singularity, like seeing all of uh, human history at once, and is like overwhelmed with information. Oh yes, it 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 was that, but I needed to provide a visual. So uh, Master Oshi looking at boneless panties. There we go. <laughs> and you also grow a, tur- a turtle shell for some reason. Yes, you grow okay, it. So- <laughs> it is painful. Okay, uh, we are way fucking off track. Um, what, uh, what's your favorite game on the SNES Classic right now? Uh, I haven't played them all, but uh, there's like there's a really really great selection. And I, I mean, I, do you want me to read off every game? We, we've already read off every game that's on. Yeah, there. we talked about it. Um, I, I I remember like I can't rattle them off for you right now, but I remember what's on it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I played a little bit of Kirby's Dream Course for the first time. That's really fun. Uh, I, uh, I played F-Zero for the first time. That's also really cool. Oh, you um, never played the original F-Zero? Yeah. That's, it's and, uh, good. It's, like, smooth. Yeah. <laughs> it's a smooth it's a, ride. It's, <laughs> it's a nice, smooth ride. Um, <laughs> I, I will say that I played Super Mario Kart, and, um, that game controls, like, complete and utter ass. <laughs> like... <laughs> That game is almost unplayable to me. And oh, a lot of people like that game. Yeah, I, I feel so bad because uh, I, I was really interested in giving it a shot, but mm. uh, F-Zero plays so much better to me. Of, of um, the of the major SNES Mode 7 racers, you would recommend F-Zero over Super Mario Kart? I would. Um, and uh, if we're talking about uh, FX chip uh, SNES racers, then uh, Stunt Race FX. <laughs> um, which I, I, I've never played it. Um, I'm just just doing some deep dives, just whipping my dick out on the table, being like, "Hey, look at me! I know Nintendo." Um, uh, yeah, but uh, no real complaints so far. The uh, the NES Classic uh, cables for the controllers were like laughably short, mm-hmm. and the SNES classics uh cables are just short enough to be a mild inconvenience so uh, i'm using the extension (laughs) cables that i got for the nes classic um yeah but uh snes classic comes with two controllers as opposed to uh nes classics one Mm -hmm. uh i think i i like it way more than the nes classic and it's because uh not because of any like particular hardware improvements and stuff although as i was saying there were a couple of uh little improvements to uh like some of the operating software and stuff like that but uh the big thing is just the games are fuller they're they're much like a lot right. of the uh NES i guess it's, and, and it's I, more like saying that you like this collection of games more than you like the, the other collection of games yes and yeah. there's there's no right or wrong to it there's no the super nintendo classic is objectively better because of its library there's none of that kind of stuff uh 
I grew up with both. I grew up with the NES more primarily, and um, like Mario and Zelda and uh, like a lot of those like Nintendo first party classics. I was really digging, but a lot of them just feel like really really tiny arcade experiences. And uh, mm-hmm. the Super Nintendo Classic, like a lot of those games feel utterly timeless in a way that uh, a lot of the NES classics games didn't. In my yeah opinion. yeah and there's like a there's like a grace yeah better. yeah this is gonna say like they, they've aged with grace in a way that i don't know that any other um like major platform really or like any other like era of of video games has yeah like uh you know like stuff like uh i i'm struggling to think of like super specific example okay Mega Man x mm-hmm. um i've never really played a lot of the original Mega Man x and i was playing through a little bit of that and surprise surprise it's fantastic and if it released on steam today looking the way it does it would do perfectly fine it'd be perfectly (laughs) fun like it nothing about Mega Man x is like wow this is really fucking old i don't think there's a save system that's the only thing it's a password you have to type in a password yeah like that that's obviously kind of antiquated kind of uh uh not super ideal but um Mm. again the uh save states mitigate that Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been playing some of that, um, and I've actually been playing two other games that I'm excited to talk about, one in particular, but, uh, let's, let's jump over to you for a bit. Uh, what have you been playing, my good sir? Um, so, let's see. So I, I finished some stuff, and okay. I have some, I have some, uh, complicated thoughts about it. Uh, <laughs> and I haven't, this, these are kind of like half-baked, so... I may I, I want to like I want to like write this down and like get really like get out what's in my heart about it, uh, but for now I'll just uh, ramble to you for a few minutes. Sure. <laughs> um, okay, so I I played and beat a game called Custom Robo uh, on okay, the GameCube, cool. uh, and I also like just on a whim I kind of like opened up my my drawer that has all of my Game Boy games in it, and I, and I saw like Advance Wars there. And I was like, oh, Advance Wars, like, I've never actually beaten it. Like, I got really far on it once, and I, like, popped it in. And part of me was like, oh, I'm just going to restart the campaign, like, play it from the beginning. Uh, but I was on, like, the second to last mission, I think. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to I'm just gonna see how this goes. And, like, it went well. So I just decided to, to like, play it from, from where I had it, like, years ago. And sure. I ended up finishing Advance Wars 2. Not okay, cool. Adva- I ended up finishing Advance Wars 1, too. As well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, okay. So, so first of all, Custom Robo. Uh, yes. It's a it's a really cool game. It's um, it is like a for anyone who hasn't played it. Uh, it's two things. It's an RPG uh, where you are like a young Robo commander in this sort of sci-fi world, and um, it's also like a uh, a fighting game. Um, kind of a fighting game. It's kind of like um. It's like virtual on or um, sort of like the what are they called like the the, the versus series um, like that. There's like a Gundam versus game and there's like a uh, actually Arms is a is a good way to uh, a good compare like a good modern comparison. Okay. It's like a one on one fighting game or you can be two on two in in uh, in Arms and in Custom Robo uh, where you're um, it's sort of like. Uh, choosing when to attack is the most important thing because you're like vulnerable when you attack 
Uh, so with custom robo, you you're shooting guns and and like uh, rockets and bombs and things. And in arms, you're you're throwing your your fists, obviously. But it's sort of like there's that moment of vulnerability. So it's sort of like juking and finding the right time to go in, is sort of like the um, the game. Um, okay. And so I just wanted to say like, custom robo is so cool. Uh, I was actually like really uh, charmed by it um, because it has this uh, it has this story that is like simultaneously really dark and also like it never takes itself that seriously but then when it does take itself seriously it does it with this sort of like good natured and like hopefulness to it that like made me really happy um so (laughs) so the the main story is that there's um there's like everyone loves robos joey (laughs) in this world (laughs) i mean in our world everyone loves robos but in the world of custom robo, everyone loves robos. And they're like these customizable little robots. You can change their parts and you can change what guns they have. And it's sort of like building your own little um, like gunpla model kit. Uh, and everyone in the world loves them and they use them like for law enforcement. So if you, if, if you break the law, you get into a robo battle with someone and they like <laughs> fight you for it. Uh, and it's also like people do it like in tournaments just for fun. So it's like everyone just loves it's it's like pokemon you know like where yeah. like <laughs> they're used for everything in every aspect of society yeah. um so and this is uh this is going to be some okay so okay so the uh so the funny parts so there's just like all these really goofy things in it that i think somewhat like take away from like the gravity of the story but i just thought they were great so like um you work as like a mercenary essentially and like your mercenary captain is this guy named ernest who <laughs> Uh, sits in a chair that is on like a track set into the ground like a roller coaster ride and he um like you'll like walk into the office and like a cutscene will play where like the door the back door will open and Ernest will just like out on his chair and he'll be like so here's today's mission whatever and like <laughs> he's like a he's like a very gruff guy um but there's like a moment in the story where like he reveals a more sensitive side to him and then, like you, like the protagonist and your and the other the other uh, people that are on your team are like Ernest. I didn't know like there was a side to you, and like he literally does the like dot dot dot, and then his chair just goes back into the back room without saying anything. <laughs> and it's like it's really funny. Like it, like the comedic timing is is like good, and like it's hard to be funny in a video game, but I I it tickled me, and like the other thing that I really loved is um. You know how there's always, like, unnamed NPCs in RPGs? And, like, there's limited resources. You can't design an original character for every single NPC in the game. So they reuse models, right? Um, mm-hmm. The thing, I think they do it in Fire Emblem a lot, as, and they do it in this game, too, is all the NPCs that don't really matter conveniently have, like, hats or helmets that cover up their face. So they're just kind of these, like, nameless grunts. Yeah. Uh, so there's all these kids in the game that have, like, baseball caps that cover up their face so you can't really see them. Uh, so you go to this one tournament, like you get invited to the, like, it's a big, like two on two tournament or something. And what's cool is that like in between your battles, you can kind of wander around to the other tables where like other people are doing robo fights and you can like check in on them. So you can see all the other teams and there's like, there's a team of two police officers and like each, after each battle, you can like check in with them and like just get a little line of dialogue that doesn't really matter, but it's just like a fun, colorful thing. So you go up to these two kids who are both um, like the nameless NPC model and <laughs> they're, they're like really open to you about the, fa- they kind of break the fourth wall and they're like, um, you know, like a lot of people don't recognize us uh, because we look very similar. 
In fact, like we look like a lot of other people in this world, but like we're still in it to win it. Like we're we're giving it our all, even if we're not named characters. Like like one of them even mentions like like I don't even have a name. I don't know what my partner's name is, <laughs> but we're still trying to win. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, they like like they lose because to advance the game, you have to win the whole tournament. Um, and like one of the kids like goes home with the wrong partner. So so like you talk to one of the kids who's just milling around after the tournament's over, and he's like. My partner left with someone else. I wonder if he thought it was me. <laughs> and then you can like go to the training gym that night, um, and the two kids are there, and like you talk to one of them, and he's like, "Yeah, this this guy just walked up to me after the tournament and invited me to go training with him. I think he thinks I'm someone else." <laughs> and it really it just makes me laugh. Um, so the uh, uh, this is okay. So this is my sort of um, I'm just gonna pitch this to you, Joey. This is like an essay that I'm going to write if I were still in college, right? Um, okay. Custom Robo. Uh, it tries to envision uh, like a sort of technological dystopia, mm-hmm. uh, but it can't help but come across as like u- utopic in the process. Um, so like there's a big reveal partway through the campaign of Custom Robo, which is that basically like your whole world is a lie, man. Um, you live in like a domed city and like everyone is like, there's nothing outside the dome. Everyone knows that the whole world is inside this dome. The dome is great. And then like you prove yourself in the eyes of like the chief of police, and he's like, I got something to show you. And he like takes you on a trolley to like the outside world, and he's like, the outside world was destroyed by this super evil robo, uh, and like humanity doesn't know, but we live inside this dome to protect us from the robo. And it's like this big moment of like, oh my god, this is amazing. Um, this is you know, this is shattering my entire perception of the world. And then you know, he's he's like very clearly like humans uh, created this robot, and the robot destroyed the world. Like humans are awful or whatever. Um, yeah. But like throughout the course of the game, like what I kept noticing, there's a character, there's a, there's an NPC in the game early on uh, who's like taking his robo license test. And he's he's using the model of the of the police officers in the game, and you talk to him, and he's like, "By the way, I'm not a police officer. I just bought this outfit. I just love the police. The police are great." <laughs> and and it's a funny moment, but that, that happened early on in the game, and I was like, I was kind of like, uh, um, okay, so like in the real world, there's some like there's there's a lot of shit that's happening, right, Joey? Um, sure, yeah. And so I like saw that character who like loves the police, and I was sort of like internally groaning, like, "Oh, this is like, is this going to be a game where we like sort of idolize a police force and like an enforcement of a police state uh, in a way that's kind of like troubling?" Um, but throughout the game, what you learn is that, like, well, first of all, there's no weapons in the game, like all weapons are robos and like if a police officer wants to arrest someone or like wants to like catch a criminal they like have a robo battle and robo battles are non-lethal like you can turn the like in this in fiction you can like turn the limiter off which makes the robo battles hurt more but like you can't kill someone with a robo battle you can just like detain them and you know like if you beat them they like flop onto the ground and go but they're like they're okay (laughs) yeah um and like at the highest level of the law, like, you meet the chief of police, and I was totally primed for him to, like, do a heel turn halfway through the game where he's like, actually, I'm evil, and I was evil the entire time, and I'm going to keep the people in the dark about the outside world. Like, I was, like, waiting for that moment. But, like, no, the chief of police is, like, 
a genuinely good person who has a, like a commitment to public service and like all the police officers you meet are like just out there doing their best and it doesn't come across as like <laughs> like the police are great and you should never question the police it comes across like this is a world where like police officers are actually doing what they should do like they're committed to like making the world a safer place for people also there's no prisons in this world like there's a police office but like criminals don't go to jail they just you just kind of like robo battle them and then they're like ah right sorry i'll do better <laughs> i'll do better now that's awesome <laughs> so and like at the, the of course like the main plot of the game is you you destroy the robot you like beat the robot that like destroyed the world or whatever and then uh you know the chief of police is like what should i do like should i tell the people about it like they have a right to know right and then the end of the game is that you you do um tell the world about it and like the people in the dome are like kind of shocked but like it's okay they're like wow there's an outside world that's that's pretty cool <laughs> let's have a robo battle <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of this like i don't know like i think they were going for something because this is the first um custom robo game that was localized in uh, north america or outside of japan even um and i think the previous games in the series are more like they lean more into the toy side of robos like because yeah. it's it's you know it's obviously trying to capitalize on plastic model kits that people like building. This is a video game about that. It's a video game about being like an enthusiast in that way. Um, so this one seems like it's trying to be like more serious and grim because it's like, this is the future and there's a dome city, whatever. Uh, but like, it still can't help but be this sort of like lighthearted and like really hopeful take on the future. Like, yeah, mankind messed up, but like everyone who is in power right now wants to make the world a better place and we're all committed to doing so in a way that is like really hopeful and good and i liked custom robo a lot <laughs> yeah, that's awesome yeah i i want to because i want to compare that to advance wars uh because i think that has sort of like a different take on a lot of things but um yeah. i don't want to I've, I've been talking your ear off so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it back to you now um uh did you ever well yeah real quick did you ever play custom robo uh yeah, I only played uh the multiplayer, so uh the best. Yeah, that was. Yeah, th that was my experience for a long time too. It was like um I think our friend Steven had it, yep. and and I played it at his house, um, and it's cool. Also, one one last thing. Uh, so the game takes place in this pulled out uh like, it's almost like you're looking into a shoebox. It sort of like reinforces that notion that th these are toys, and you're like playing with plastic toys, uh like with arms is like the most relevant, like modern example, I guess, virtual on, uh, you're, you're the camera's right behind the back of your character. So it's more, it's more like up close and personal. Whereas with custom robo, you're looking down into it, into like the action. Um, and which again, like reinforces the toy thing. But then when you beat the story mode, you just get the ability to play the game in first person, uh, which is like objectively an awful idea. It just makes the game harder to play. <laughs> But it's one of those like uh, end game things that you unlock that's just like oh this is cool I'm glad yeah. this they added this um, it's like a little nice touch that like really left me with a really positive view of the game um, yeah that's it <laughs> that's sure. that's all I got <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of the earlier Ratchet and Clank games did the same where you could unlock a first person mode oh yeah and again it's like like would you ever would you ever honestly play the game that way. I I tried to like 
because I, I was obsessed with those games. Yeah. Um, and I like I'm still a huge fan. So it's like I tried to at one point being like, it's like a new game. And I was like, <laughs> but it's worse. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like a shittier new game. I don't like this. Uh yeah um but it's a cool like it's it's just a thing it's just a neat thing to throw in just be like hey absolutely, here yeah let's like, try it out <laughs> it's it's super cool like it it in a very literal sense changes your perspective on the game world and uh, mm. uh it, it's a a relatively sorry uh, i don't mean to like talk down the amount of work that goes into it but i think overall it's a relatively simple way to go about changing your perspective on the game world yeah uh, depending on like how detailed you get because i know like grand theft auto 5 uh they like remodeled every car's interior and like added a whole bunch of very specific animations for first person mode and all kinds of stuff oh um, yeah that was probably a pretty big project yeah um, it'd be funny if they didn't do any of that work so like it was just really janky i mean they probably did that at first like you just yeah. go into the car and then it's just like a box just like an like a untextured gray box that's funny man um okay so i uh since we last spoke i've been playing uh, a little bit of two games primarily one being okay. uh metroid samus returns and the other being cuphead and oh holy shit um <laughs> i i have thoughts on both but the one i'm really excited to talk about is cuphead yeah um cuphead is absolutely incredible it's like, it's so pretty it's it, it is absolutely gorgeous like uh all of the discussion of cuphead uh boils down to uh two things primarily being this game uh like for what it attempts to do could not have been more aesthetically like <laughs> pleasing like mm. it could not have achieved this like conceivably any better than it did yeah and uh it is absolutely incredible to to look at and the the soundtrack is amazing yeah. um and there are like tiny details everywhere the animation is fantastic like I, yeah I, I i had to look up i, I was like I, I looked at some footage of cuphead and i was like man what studio did this animation they like they nailed the like the fleischer look so well and i'm like trying to find information about it and it's like one person and I was like, yeah, there's like, no way it was one person. And then, like, halfway through development, they hired a second animator. I was like, oh, it was two people. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I can't believe it. It <laughs> like is the, the, the anima- Like, the main animator, I think, also hand-painted all the backgrounds. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, dude. It uh, Every single drawing, uh, like, th- their process was that they, like, they drew it in pencil, then they inked every drawing, and then they digitally painted uh, every oh drawing. My- and that's... How, yeah and it's oh it is like uh a mind-boggling amount of work and all of it was like it's a mind-boggling amount of like content just as far as like animation goes and it's so mm. masterfully done mm-hmm. um because uh, the thing is that uh it's it's significantly better animated in my opinion in a lot of ways uh than even like the old flusher stuff because oh. like not only is it more polished and stuff but um, this is getting kind of into the minutia of, uh, like, animation and things, but, um, like, the the sort of 30s animation that Cuphead is going for, things, uh, like, mimicking things like the Flesher Studios uh, style and, like, Steamboat Willie, early Disney stuff, um, 
that sort of stuff was all very like rubber hose style animation is what they call it a lot of the time and Mm -hmm. um there were like usually a lot of frames of animation but the timing of those individual drawings was very very even so things usually moved at the same exact speed where if you watch something uh more modern that's traditionally animated you'll see uh like the this like the drawings will be uh uh, sort of spaced out or timed out in such a way where um, things will uh, be moving at significantly different speeds depending on what uh, like action they're taking uh, mm-hmm. sort of thing. And again, I don't want to get too much into that kind of stuff because I feel like it's not that interesting unless you're a big animation head. But um, <laughs> uh, like this uh, like this has the, the modern timing and polish of something like, like Renaissance era Disney mm-hmm. um, with uh, like the aesthetic choices of uh early 30s animation and it yeah it sings the entire fucking way like it is yeah. incredible um but, and then like uh, that that like that is an achievement on its own and then like also i from what i understand the game is pretty rad too the game is incredible like yeah <laughs> if if the game was uh like a like if they if they had the game be a little bit more of a like a retro sort of pixel art game on steam or something i i would be just about as into it like i i wouldn't be as enamored maybe by the visuals but uh like the gameplay itself is really what is kind of making me blow my blow my stack whatever (laughs) i don't know what i'm talking about there but um so uh the game is uh like in case you don't know what the game is uh it's a it's a 2d side scrolling uh, it's a boss rush game. It has some platforming levels, um, but they make up maybe like 10% of the overall. Um, mm-hmm. And the thing is that those platforming levels uh, were only added because people are uh, people uh, saw trailers for Cuphead and they were like, oh, this looks fucking cool. And yeah. um, then they like played it and heard more about it. And they're like, wait, so it's all bosses? No, I want like, I want levels. Where are the levels? Yeah. And uh, I think the team panicked a little bit and they went and they added uh, traditional platforming levels. And Mm. every review I have read has been like, the platforming levels are the weakest part of the package. Um, (laughs) And they, admittedly, they are. Like, they're not as great as the the bosses. And they're not bad by any means. It's just that they're not Mm -hmm. as uh, interesting or engaging as the bosses uh, a lot of the time. But, like, even those, they, like, every level has its own gimmick. Um, and they're all still gorgeous and interesting to run around and stuff. Um, but the, like, I, I hadn't played a game of a very specific type in a very long time. And, uh, that's the sort of stuff that you would find made by Treasure and occasionally Capcom, uh, like in the- Yeah, it does feel like a Treasure game, huh? Yes. Like the- the entire game, like, when I was playing through it, if I were to compare it to any game, it would be, like, Astro Boy Omega Factor on the Game Boy Advance. And mm-hmm. that is one of my favorite games I've ever played. <laughs> um, it's like, it reminds me of that. It reminds me of uh, Beautiful Joe. It reminds me in tiny ways of uh, uh, Metal Slug and Mega Man. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. these are all some of my favorite games I've ever played. Um, it, it's a very, like... Uh, I guess that kind of brings us to uh, the other part of Cuphead that everybody talks about uh, is that it is really fucking hard. Um, (laughs) Like, uh, they, 
they do not pull punches. Um, from what I've heard, the the levels are all pretty short, so it it keeps you from like it can be frustrating, but it's like you're never you're never losing like too much progress. Would yeah, you agree with that assessment? Absolutely. Uh, like everything on average is around two two and a half minutes long. Mm-hmm. Uh, like every boss and every uh, platforming level, so you're not losing a lot of time. Uh, but it feels like, like a manageable little chunk, and then like when you beat, it, it's like, oh, I did it! Like I yeah. like that little like one more notch. It like difficulty is hugely subjective, but for me personally, the difficulty is spot on. Like mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, I I've always been kind of a masochist when it comes to games. Um, <laughs> I adore really really hard games and. That being said, I I only like hard games when they control really really well and when uh like when the mistakes really feel like my own and not the fault of the game and like I would say 9 out of 10 times that's what Cuphead is. Mm-hmm. Like every now and again something'll get a little bit lost in the visual noise. Um yeah, I can imagine it being sort of overwhelming, right? Yeah, because there is a lot going on, depending mm-hmm. on the boss. Um, like, I've never played a game that I could remember that makes you keep track of so many things at once. Um, <laughs> like, for a for a quick example, um, there was a part of a, a level I just beat, like, last night or something, where uh, you have to stand on top of an octopus's head and... Um, uh, also, you have parries and EX moves and supers, a lot of, like, fighting game terms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, it, it all works really, really well. Uh, parries are anything that's pink on screen you can essentially do a double jump on. And That's so uh, cool. The, I, I watched people yeah. do that, and I was like, this uh, that, like was an entire other reason for me to want that game. I was like, oh my god, this oh, yeah. is amazing. Uh, like, it's so cool. Um, the timing can be really tight and occasionally a little bit finicky. But um, it uh, it's so satisfying to pull off, and it's a great like it, it's a great thing because it it's a constant risk reward of like pushing yourself out into danger, uh, yeah. To try and like parry these things, which adds to your uh, super meter, which does a butt ton of damage. Yeah, um, which is what a parry should be, right? Like you yeah. put yourself in danger in order to get a reward. Yeah, it's a uh, it's all just great. Um, oh yeah, but uh. This this octopus example. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this tiny octopus head in the middle of the ocean, and this whole sequence is maybe like fifteen or sixteen seconds long. And okay. but you're standing on his head, and uh, he's got this thing on his head where uh, if you parry it, then he spits out a cannonball and breaks rocks in front of him. And uh, if you don't parry it every like three or four seconds, then he goes into the ocean. And you have nothing to stand on, and you get hurt. Um, yeah, I was going to ask, like, is there a point at which the parries become not a something you are rewarded for, but something you are expected to be able to execute? And it sounds like yes. Oh, absolutely yes. Like as as early as um, like one of the first bosses you come in contact with, there are points where the only way to move forward is uh, a very specific parry. That's so cool. Yeah. It's again the game expects a lot out of you, um, mm-hmm. and that uh, I'm, I'm gonna finish up this octopus thing, and then I wanna uh, briefly mention one other aspect of Cuphead. <laughs> um, okay. Sorry, uh, but yeah, you have to parry this one thing on top of the octopus's head. While there are uh, like a bunch of shrimp that uh, are flying up out of the ocean at you, 
that cover like half the screen. Um, and then behind you, there are these other weird fish that are jumping up and spitting bubbles at you. And mm. you have to like constantly be parrying this thing while dodging all of this other stuff. And like, there are legitimately like three or maybe even four uh, like completely separate, very real threats going on at the same exact time on a very, very tiny space. Right. And it's one of those forget to forget to blink, forget to breathe. Yeah. Sequences. It is. Yeah. Like, um, it's hard to go to sleep for me at least after playing Cuphead, <laughs> uh, because of the amount of focus that it requires. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. But I will say it's getting way, way easier. Like the later bosses are actually getting much easier for me, and you don't level up RPG style. You can get like new weapons and stuff, which helps. But mm-hmm. uh, it's like I went back to some of the earlier bosses that really gave me trouble, and I was beating them like no problem first try like got hit once because i made a mistake kind of thing like like uh, the game is good about teaching you its rules and like not holding your hand but like like growing with you like growing you growing you up (laughs) you will see real progress as a player yeah um, if if you if you stick with it um that's awesome yeah but uh the thing i wanted to talk about real quick was that cuphead is a game that uh like once you see its visuals I feel like it's pretty universally like that looks amazing. I want to play that. I want to experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a game that is built for a very, very niche audience of uh, people who want an incredibly demanding uh, 2D boss rush style game. Like, yeah. uh, it it doesn't make compromises uh, to mm-hmm. uh, sort of appeal to the, the wider crowd that might be pulled in by its really gorgeous visuals. Um, yeah. And it's it's really interesting because I I appreciate it for that because uh, it, like, I feel like I am the exact target audience and, mm-hmm. like, it is, like, hitting every right note for me and it is one of my top games of the year easy so far. Nice. Um, yeah. That, wh- when you say that, it sounds a lot. Maybe it's just because there's a parry mechanic, but it sounds like my relationship with uh, Street Fighter Third Strike, which is like, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I, I was not a fighting game player um, until I saw some of my friends playing Third Strike, mm-hmm. and the visuals because that game is also again it's like really fluidly and gorgeously two D animated. Yeah. And and seeing the visuals and seeing like the beauty of the game in motion actually drew me in enough to see that there's like an incredibly complex uh and like demanding fighting game structure underneath but because i was so drawn in by the visuals it actually like it made it made a fighting game player out of me so i i hope that there are people who maybe are not typically like run and gun twitch uh action video game players but who are drawn in by the visuals of cuphead enough to to like be won over by it and then all of a sudden you discover, like for me, it's like I discovered this world of fighting games that I'd never been into before. Maybe there'd be people who are like, oh, Metal Slug, you know, oh, like all these other um, like really demanding uh, shooting games. Yeah. I, I get them now because because I had this like beautiful example to learn from. Yeah. Uh, I, that's that's super cool. Yeah, I do genuinely think that's what's going to be happening because as of like just like two days maybe after launch, it had sold over 100,000 copies on Steam and uh so it's like it's it's selling really really well and uh like i've been watching uh like other people kind of experiencing the game online 
and most of them are like uh they're like they didn't even know what the game was really at first like they they booted up they're like oh this is gorgeous this is so cool and then they walk up and they're like well now that's a boss i want to find a a normal level uh and then it's like (laughs) then they keep walking around they're like these are all bosses is this game all bosses and it's like they're confused and then within like 20 or 30 minutes they're like this is fucking great like yeah yeah. uh, i feel like i feel like cuphead is a perfect example of um like a group of really uh like talented and dedicated artists um not trying to meet a demand but create a demand they're like yeah absolutely yeah we're not trying to make something that you already want we're making something that you have no idea that you want but when you see it and when you experience it you will want it and yeah uh that's like it's it's really really refreshing and it's it's just so great so far totally hey hey joey joey how's this for a segue speaking of cuphead i just finished drinking from my cup and now i have to hit the head let's take a break yeah you know like go to the bathroom i've never heard of that why didn't you just say head to the bathroom kieran you fucking weirdo <laughs> it was it's a good segue joey i won't have you besmirch it uh let's take a break and then we'll come yeah. back and talk about some more games sounds good kieran welcome back joey cuphead <laughs> welcome back cuphead <laughs> oh, hey there, kieran. <laughs> does he have a voice uh, he, I think the only line he says is, uh, in co-op when, uh, there, there's a mechanic where if you parry, like whenever you die, your ghost starts floating up. Uh, but if you, uh, get that ghost parried by your teammate, they just say like, thank you. Like very, like, oh yeah, yeah. It's very, um, it's not Mickey Mouse. It's like, no. it's like Fleischer. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, hello. Yeah. I'm over enunciating because we don't know how to do lip sync yet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Okay, I'm gonna uh, jump jump back into part two of my of my uh, discourse, if you don't mind, Joey. Um, So okay, so I played um, Custom Robo. Yes. Which, as I've discussed earlier in this very podcast, um, has a naivety to it that. I found endearing and fun. It has like a lightheartedness to it and like a hopefulness to its world uh, that I enjoyed. And then also, I didn't mention this before, but um, the ending, oh, I mentioned it with the first person thing, but like the end game of it left me like really satisfied and really like, um, like it left me with just this like a good taste in my mouth. Because when you beat the game, when you beat the main story, the plot is that uh, the government like holds a national holiday for like, we learned about the outside world day and like what better way to celebrate than to have a big tournament. So it's just like an extra thing you can play through if you want to, uh, which I haven't, I haven't jumped into at all, but like, it, it's like, Oh, neat. Like there's, there's more to explore if I want to, uh, even though the main story is gone or done. Um, so all of that left me like with this really positive feeling. Yeah. Um, and I want to compare and contrast, uh, with another <laughs> game that I played, which is Advance Wars. Uh, so Advance Wars is, is a turn-based strategy game um, from Intelligent Systems. Um, I always... It's very similar in a lot of ways to Intelligent Systems' other turn-based strategy game series, Fire Emblem, uh, except instead of being medieval times it, with myths and monsters, it's like modern-ish day, uh, like just military battles. So you have like 
infantry units and tanks and and uh, airships and stuff. Um, so I always liked it more. Uh, like historically, I I was like one of those snobs that was like, oh, Advance Wars is actually uh, better than uh, Fire Emblem uh, because um, like with Fire Emblem, typically <laughs> there's permanent death uh, with your party members, you know. So yeah. like. Typically, if I ever let someone in my party die, I would immediately like quit the level and restart it because I can't let anyone die. Uh, and then, like you know, I was like, "Well, advance force is better because actually, like, you, sacrifices have to be made. Like, you you don't expect all of your units to to survive. They're not named characters. They're just like random infantry units. So uh, they are going to get hurt and they are going to die, and that's like part of the game. And that's part of like strategizing around uh, like who what is expendable. Like, how can you minimize your losses and maximize your your wins yeah um so uh, i played through advance wars um and of course the plot of advance wars is um it's always been kind of this weird thing because it's like uh the the characters in the game are like commanding officers of the various armies of the world uh who are all like at war with each other um and there's always been this weird like disconnect between like how plucky and happy all of the commanding officers are versus yeah. like the very real tragedy of war that they're like playing at so it's like it's like hey i'm andy i'm 16 years old but i'm gonna be a commander one day and it's like you know like <laughs> a little window pops up when you when you like go into battle when two of you like when two units clash uh you'll see like the damage numbers pop up and like if one unit loses that commanding officer's face is in the corner of the game screen and they'll like sulk a little bit they'll be like huh uh, like they'll make a little face like that and then the the yeah. one who like won out will be like hey, or like yeah we did it and it's always been like it's always been kind of like a thing you just have to be okay with right it's like yeah. okay this is there's they're maybe like a little too happy about like decimating the forces of their opponent right <laughs> yeah i i specifically remember uh uh advance wars ds uh <laughs> like you know the protagonist like the blood was still warm on all of his <laughs> comrades and he was standing in the battlefield just yelling like you guys just got pwned and it's yeah like, oh yeah there's a character who like yeah. is into elite speech in the in the ds1 <laughs> yeah and it's like friends are bleeding out and it's like dude yeah what the T- time and place <laughs> jesus christ man like it it does feel almost more like it should have had a uh a custom robo or pokemon sort of uh bent to it where it was more like uh, maybe Pokemon's not the best example, but it, it almost feels like it would have been more tonally appropriate if this was a game within the universe and not real fucking war. Joey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna clap my hands because it's gonna spike the audio, but like like I'm like snapping my fingers and like pointing <laughs> in the vague direction of you because that's like exactly what I'm getting at. So oh, like, cool. uh, so like, uh, I I've I beat Advance Wars. I got to the end of the campaign where it's revealed that. All of the different nations that were at war with each other were only at war with each other because they were being pitted against each other by the mysterious and enigmatic Commander Sturm, who is like a robot, maybe? I don't even know. <laughs> um, so in the end, like all of the various armies are like, hey, we, let's not fight each other. Let's all team up to battle Sturm. So for the final battle, uh, it's it's uh, you control three different armies. Um, you control like a commander you control Andy who's the protagonist of the game he's the commander of Orange Star and then you control like a commander from Blue Moon and a commander from uh Green Earth or Yellow Comet as well who are the other like the the four um factions in the game so you like you take 3 turns and then Sturm takes one but Sturm's forces are all way stronger than yours so it's a pretty intense uh battle and like 
it takes like way longer. Like it's exhausting because you have so much to think about. And uh, in like, this is a a turn-based strategy game that takes place on tiles. So like one really complicated thing is like, if you haven't played Advance Wars, just imagine a game of chess, like two chess pieces can't occupy the same space, uh, the same square. So like there'll be times when like, I needed my, like, I needed Eagle's copter unit to, like, occupy this one specific square, but Eagle goes after Andy, and I already, like, stupidly moved Andy's medium tank up into that square, so it's like, oh, no, like, I need, uh, you need to go, but uh, I can't, uh. So there's a lot of, like, it takes a long time to play that last mission uh, because uh, it's so complicated, but it feels really climactic, and it's like, yeah, we're all working together, we're going to stop Sturm. Uh, Sturm's, like, special move, Every, every commander has a special move. Uh, like when your meteor charges up, you have like a super and his like calls down a meteor from that's from space to just like smash your uh, units and it brings them all down to like two HP, which is really intense. It's really crazy because you'd be like, all right, I got this big force loaded up and then like just a meteor just smashes them all to pieces. Um, so I beat Sturm mm-hmm. and the day is saved and all the different armies are like, we did it. And the Sturm is like, you haven't heard the last of me. I'll be back for the sequel. Um, and he like slinks away or whatever. And then everyone's like, wow, we did it. Like we're all working together, having a good time. And then Eagle, uh, who is one of the commanders from Green Earth, which is another faction in the game, uh, comes up to Andy, who is the protagonist of the game, who's the uh, leader of Orange Star, and is like, we're rivals, by the way. And I hadn't played the game in a while, so I kind of forgot that they were rivals. But uh, <laughs> so he's like, Andy, now that the, the battle is done, would you please like, do me the honor of like fighting me once more just so that we can prove ourselves together. And Andy's like, you got it. I'm the plucky protagonist. I'll fight you anywhere, anytime. And then it's like, like, it's like, do you want to save? And it's like, okay, yeah, I'll save. And then like mission 22 pops up and it's like, wait, we just beat the bad guy. And it's like rivals. And it's like, wait, I thought the credits were going to roll. And then it's like, Andy, (laughs) fight me once more, just like we used to. And then you have another bad, it's just like another mission after the last mission of the game. (laughs) Which is like, in another context, it could have been really cool, right? It's like, maybe after you beat M. Bison, like, Ken comes up to you and is like, Ryu, fight me once more like we used to. Um, that could be like a neat climactic, but like, I think that actually is part of the plot of Street Fighter V. So that's like, that's like cool because like, it's just having a fist fight with your rival. But like, there are people's lives in the balance yeah. here, Andy and Eagle. Like, like, for no reason whatsoever, you are putting, like, actual human beings, like, putting them to the slaughter. Like, <laughs> and this is awful. <laughs> well, like, in every other mission of the game, I could at least get, like, okay, like, we're at war. Like, this nation invaded us. We are, like, you know, the, the, the military is what it is. But, like, this is the purpose of the military is to stop stuff like this from happening. But, like, this is gross negligence of the highest magnitude like (laughs) these people should not be in any position of military power um and the thing is that the the mission takes forever it takes such a long time because it's a huge map and it's a map that um usually uh, you either have like you start off with a certain number of units but you can like capture bases that let you produce more units which is like a typical like strategy uh, rpg type thing right so like the difficult part of this game is like managing all of your units and and like capturing that base like if i can get to that forward base uh that you know, that will let me like build stuff from there like that can be my new operating like base of operations and then i can use a pincer technique to like get the enemy from both sides whatever 
it takes forever to, to play this mission. And I had just like beaten, like I thought I was going to watch the credits and like unlock the cool like end game content. Cause you can like unlock the other, um, the other commanding officers to use in the other modes of the game. Once you've beaten mm-hmm. it, you have to beat the game first. So I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get all these other characters that I'm excited to play as. But first I have to play this stupid, like for no reason, I have to play this like major battle. That's actually like probably the hardest mission in the game for me anyway. And it takes like 40 turns and I finally beat it. And then, and then it's just like, Eagle's just like, Oh man, you beat me. Well, maybe we'll play again sometime. And he's like, yeah, cool. You know, whatever. And then the credits roll after that. It's like, it's, it's a total anticlimax at the, at what it should have been like a moment of like satisfaction and relaxation on my part. I had, I was like stressed out. I was like on a bus ride and I was like, okay, I won't bring my book on the, you know, I'll keep my book up stowed away. I'll just bring my, my Game Boy and like play this Advance Wars game. Like maybe I can beat it. And then I had, and I was like 30 turns into the game. I was like, I have to, I have to see this through. I can't just, ah. and it was like this big chore. And then like when I finally beat the game, it just left me with this like, like exhausted and upset feeling when I should have been feeling like triumphant and happy with myself. Um, and so like the main thing that I'm trying to get to is like, <laughs> uh, Advance Wars has this like really happy go lucky tone, but it actually ends up being kind of like dystopic in a way. Cause it's like, these people are maniacs. These people are, are like criminals, like war criminals. Yeah. <laughs> They're throwing the lives away of, of like countless soldiers. And, and it got me thinking like, it is also, cause custom robo is a game about like enthusiast culture in a way. Like everyone loves collecting these robo pieces when you when you beat someone in custom robo you get one of their you don't take it from them but you get access to one of the parts that was on their robo so by constantly battling you're able to unlock more parts and there's like a collection like a completionist aspect to it like i want the complete part list so i can customize my robo any which way uh and it's sort of like this naive perhaps sure but like very hopeful view of like if everyone just loved robo fighting, <laughs> then <laughs> we could focus on that and not have to worry about like actual violence. Whereas like in Advance Wars, everyone is into these like play fights. And if the story like my headcanon now is that this th- that these are like toy fights. These are toy yeah. soldiers that these player that these uh, commanding officers are, are playing with, and maybe they have real consequences, but like that's the only way I can rationalize it. And I wish it were that way because it would make the whole thing more fun because I wouldn't have yeah. that little like nagging thing in the back of my mind like, like these people are terrible. <laughs> these are terrible <laughs> people. I can still enjoy the game, sure. It's not a, it's not a huge deal. It's not a deal breaker. But yeah. I, I'm imagining a world where Advance Wars is more like Custom Robo and I feel like it's a better game. It's a better franchise for it. Yeah. Um, and the one last thing I want to ask you is did you ever play the gritty reboot advance wars game that came out yes um because i never played it and i was wondering because i don't think it was very well received and that was like the last advance wars game they ever made like it's been almost 10 years now right since the last advance wars game yeah that was days of ruin uh yeah it's like how was that was it like because because there's two directions you could take with it right like you can keep it with the light-hearted tone and kind of have it be really dissonant or you can actually like treat war the way that war is like as this awful tragedy with a huge human cost yeah and uh, they tried to do that right yeah like it i i didn't play a whole lot of it admittedly uh and it was quite a while ago but from what i remember um it 
it still had that general kind of anime vibe. It was just mm-hmm. a much darker, more sullen anime vibe. Right. Like it wasn't more grounded or human. It was just like more like, it's dark. Like <laughs> there's more screaming. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I just don't remember. Like I, I'm trying to think like, I, I don't remember uh, the characters, you know, saying like, I don't remember the characters treating people more like people really yeah that they might have they totally might Mm. have it's just like because i've always had that issue with advance wars i feel like that would have been something that i'd remember Mm -hmm. um and like okay so the the fire emblem games have gone like even more in the like human direction right like in the in the newer advance wars games you can like you can date people you can like play a matchmaker you can like make them like get like have kids together in the Japanese versions, you can like stroke their faces. <laughs> um, so it's it's, it's more interesting. Than their faces. <laughs> um, it's it, like I wonder now. I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, but like I wonder if that was a reason why Advance Wars sort of got put to the side in favor of Fire Emblem, because like I used to think that Fire Emblem was like the less realistic of the two, because you can like alter fate and keep anyone from dying whereas like in actual war there is actual death and destruction but now it's almost like like the cavalier way that they treat life and death in advance wars makes me think like you know like when a character dies in fire i'm like people are upset like the the other characters will be like no lynn whatever and then they'll be like i'm sorry i wasn't able to you know like death is more meaningful in fire emblem than it is in advance wars (laughs) to be sure yeah and um I, I think I think the death being more mean, meaningful really comes down to like, you know, it, it's not infantrymen number three thousand. It's like mm-hmm. Michael the uh, the accountant <laughs> who uh, uh, is really really handy with an axe, and then suddenly you don't have a good axe user. Like whatever the fuck. It like uh, it, it is like you you grow to know these characters, and like a lot of the people you're fighting uh, also have names. Not all of them, but uh, it's like. It, some of the people are named and uh mm-hmm. like depending on how you go about certain actions within the battle uh you can either kill them or you can recruit them and stuff uh yeah you can make like them join your team yeah it's yeah. cool and uh it like i i feel like in fire emblem it was a constant state of like i don't want to do this risky maneuver or or like put this person in too much danger because i care about them and in mm-hmm. advance wars it's like just based on the way that the game is built because uh like everything is disposable because that's the way the game is designed so Mm -hmm. uh it it is a little uh again like it just seems like a strange decision to uh pair that design with literal war Um, yeah and again it's like it it would be so good if it was like play war because then everything like falls into place and makes sense yeah like the characters even or like the uh the units even kind of feel like little miniatures like little yeah totally like totally. shiny toys mm-hmm. and uh like i i do just feel like that that justifies the characters because uh I, I feel like uh there's an argument to be made for like hey it's just a game calm down like you're taking mm-hmm. it too seriously whatever but at the same time it's like uh the suspension of disbelief isn't strong enough to make me feel like these characters are anything other than psychopaths <laughs> like i yeah 
it, it is it is such a jarring juxtaposition like yeah. the, this again like skipping through the corpse fields that it's like yeah guys come on like you, you had to realize this would be really fucking weird right like uh so it, from now on i choose to believe that the world of advanced wars is a is a custom robo style world where people have like hollow battles in in the cyberverse yeah. where they use pretend soldiers <laughs> but like the consequences like i am still a commanding officer of the orange star army it's just like when i beat you in our fake fight then you have to cede the territory to me <laughs> yes <laughs> or something like that i don't know <laughs> so it's it's just the the battle games and ender's game yeah there you go yeah there's um, also one one more funny thing um i kind of by the end of my time with advance wars i had kind of like figured out the quirks of the ai and I was kind of cheesing it a little bit. Yeah. So, like, I learned that um, the the one of the most expensive units you can build in the game is the bomber, which is an air unit that will basically, like, just F up any ground unit in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only counter to it is there are... Um, there's there's rockets, which are uh, ranged attacks that, that'll, like, pretty much kill a bomber in one hit. And there's also anti-air units, which are direct combat units that will, like, take apart a bomber in a couple of hits. Uh, but the thing is, those two units are really good at taking out bombers, and they suck at everything else. So I found out that the AI is like really, really concerned with bombers on the field. So if you build a bomber in response, the AI will be like, "Oh shit! Oh shit!" and just like stock up on anti-air stuff, which like sucks at fighting anything else. So <laughs> I like my strategy for the last couple of missions was like build a bomber, do nothing with it because it's gonna get destroyed if I ever bring it into battle. But like. In response, the AI will build a bunch of shitty units that I can then just take apart with all my other units. <laughs> so I'll just like keep building bombers and the and the and just like have them just chill, just like sit, like sit to the side, like don't you don't even worry about it, guys. Just fly in circles or whatever. Hand out the, the in-flight peanuts or whatever, <laughs> because the the AI will be like, oh no, oh that bomber's going, and then they'll build up like twenty you know anti-air units. <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. Um. It always sucks when a game is, uh, like, uh, I don't know, I, I feel like when you kind of learn the patterns of AI in any game, uh, that's one of the biggest moments of the scenes kind of showing, especially if it's a hard game. Yeah, there's, well, there's times when it's like, um, yeah, it's, it's like, like in, in a game like Cuphead, uh, like pattern recognition is like part of it, right? Like that's an important thing. And like, knowing that if i shoot the enemy here then he will like respond like uh, Mega Man has that too like if i hit the enemy with this gun he will like get stuck in this pattern so i can kind of repeat that that like that is a is like a satisfying thing where it's like ah i i know how to execute and i'm executing on it yes. but like there are times when like if you feel like the only way to beat a boss is to like stand in this one specific corner and do this one like specific maneuver is different different uh different ways like sometimes it feels like aha i've i've learned something and i have conquered and sometimes it feels like i'm just kind of like hitting this poor ai when it's down and doesn't even know what's going on <laughs> yeah um i uh like i, I tried out the destiny 2 beta uh, a few weeks back and okay. uh there was like a big imposing like uh like elite character or whatever that had way more hp than anyone else and he just kind of walked himself into a crevice and <laughs> stood there and i like he he didn't move until 
like he ragdolled because I had killed him, and it was like four or five clips from my gun, just like right. <laughs> I was like, it was to the point where I was like seriously debating, uh, like running forward and aggroing him. Uh, like, so, like, like you felt bad. Fight. Yeah, I was like, come on, man, fight back. This is this isn't the way this was supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's sometimes it seems like um the more like the like the more advanced the ai is supposed to be the more like pathetic it is when it when it messes up like that right yeah <laughs> like like in advance wars i was pretty okay with it for the most part because like partly it's just because like they're just little sprites and they're kind of easy to um you know it's like you said they feel like toys yeah and then also it's like i can rationalize this in fiction just by thinking that eagle is a big idiot who like has no <laughs> idea what, like he's, he's just he's just bad at strategy <laughs> whereas like when it's like a big complex like 3d model that you know that people spent a long time like the ai routines are so sophisticated like it learns from you or whatever and then like it just does something dumb you're like oh i'm i'm sorry i'm yeah. sorry y'all <laughs> y'all <laughs> yeah it's uh it's like when i was uh playing smash brothers and i was like my amiibo is unstoppable and they just like <laughs> self-destruct immediately and i i would be like it, what no (laughs) that's wrong (laughs) i taught him i taught him so well yeah i was like i fed him so many other (laughs) yeah what did you do in that game you like feed them items or something uh i fed him so many pairs of shoes mostly you like you can equip them with different shit i think you can feed them something but uh mostly you just beat the shit out of them and they're like oh now i get it and then they fight better (laughs) Um, yeah yeah it's uh it's the it's the dragon ball school of of, yeah. <laughs> of learning martial arts yep. you just beat someone up until they're better at fighting mm-hmm. super saiyan style <laughs> um did you have any other games you wanted to talk about yeah um i i wouldn't mind going real briefly over a little bit of uh my thoughts on metroid samus returns yeah i'm curious samus, about that i whatever. i was very like i was kind of i kind of didn't like it when I like yeah. the footage that I saw, I was kind of skeptical about it. Is I guess what I'll say. So, mm-hmm. what, it, it, what did you did you beat it? No, not even close. Okay. Um, I I haven't played more than maybe like three hours. Um, mm-hmm. and like it's a it's a two D Metroid game on the three DS. Uh, and it's a uh, it, it's developed by Mercury Steam, who made the uh the Castlevania Lord of Shadows, uh, Lords of Shadows games and uh like <laughs> neither of us were super hot on those and we we're like so mm-hmm. if they can make a mediocre castlevania what does that mean for metroid like i, I don't want them yeah. to you know fuck this up and yeah. um I, I i've played a bit and so far i have very mixed thoughts um mm-hmm. there are elements that i think are pretty cool uh let me let me think um i i feel bad because when i think back to it i mostly think of complaints um yeah and the thing is that part of the reason i bought it uh was because i wanted to support nintendo making uh new 2d metroid games in the future because this is a remake of uh, uh metroid 2 on the original game boy and mm-hmm. uh you wanted to tell nintendo with your dollar hey i like metroid yeah essentially because that that robot named metroid is great and i want it to succeed Mm -hmm. 
Uh, make it crawl in the next game, though. Uh, <laughs> what was that? It was like a Miiverse post, right? Yeah. How, it was, how does Metroid crawl? <laughs> I think it was, why can't Metroid crawl? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, so um, the game's also in the unfortunate uh, sort of situation where it's being compared a lot to AM2R, uh, another Metroid 2 remake. Yeah, a yeah, fan yeah. Remake. Yeah, and uh, the thing is that that game is free, and the 3DS version is $40, and they're both remaking mm-hmm. the same game, and there are arguments to be made for which one is better, and one of them is free and more widely available. So it, uh, <laughs> like, that, that's, a, that's a toughie, but I again, I still wanted to support Nintendo. Uh, mm-hmm. And so after playing through a couple of hours of the game, um, a lot of my frustrations are my fault, um, I would get stuck in an area like this is a very uh, at least for Metroid games it's very linear where you go from like area to area to area and okay. um, so I would go to uh, one area I'll just call it a zone and I'll just call it a fucking area what the hell um, uh, I, I'd, <laughs> I'd be in one area and uh, then I'd be like okay um, I can't figure out where to go at all so I'm going to go I must have missed something in the area beforehand and I'd go and I'd comb through it and then, like, I'd be totally lost. I'd look up something on a walkthrough. They'd be like, did you shoot this block? And I'd be like, <laughs> god damn it. And uh, I'd go back and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it, uh, like, Metroid games, or at least, like, I haven't played a whole lot of 2D Metroid games. I've played uh, a good deal of Fusion without actually beating it. I've played barely okay. any of Super Metroid and uh almost none of the original so this is i'm, I'm kind of like a little bit of zero mission as well but not enough of that either so and to, to tell you where i am i've i played fusion i, I beat fusion and zero mission and metroid 2 on okay. the game boy yeah, and i so, have barely touched super metroid yeah and metroid 1 is hard <laughs> metroid 1 feels like proof of concept in a lot of ways <laughs> um but uh yeah so i Again, like maybe it's just that I'm not super experienced with 2D Metroid, but uh, I found myself getting lost in very frustrating ways a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. There, like, yeah. I feel like most games when you're running around, um, there'll be like a tiny, subtle crack or something in the wall where it's like, dude, I should totally shoot that or interact with it in some capacity. And Metroid just kind of is like, hey this one could explode it's like why <laughs> um, it's uh it's a really really frustrating thing as a player because i don't feel like a lot of the secrets are cleverly hidden i feel mm-hmm. like they are just hidden and yeah. uh you know like i'm i'm so used to things like mario and the yoshi games and whatever else uh like hiding secrets in really clever ways and mm-hmm. uh it's like i'm i'm not thrilled with the way that it's just kind of like as I scroll along the wall in spider ball form, I just bomb every square inch. I'm like, this one, no, this one, no, this one. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like clever game design. It just kind of feels like, it feels like busy work in a way. And uh, what's even more yeah. frustrating? Oh, sorry. No, yeah, I mean, like without without like, I'm not gonna tell you like, it's great. But, like, that is, like, an inherently Metroid. Like, when I think of my experience with Metroid, it's exactly what you just described. Like, I'm going to bomb every score and see what, what blows up. And then it's like, ah, that block, that one right there. That was the one I had to bomb. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I don't know. Is it, 
yeah like why how come like (laughs) why why is that good like that's not fun (laughs) yeah i i guess i'm here to argue it's not so great and uh the thing is that like i've played dozens and dozens of games that have done it better because i've uh, while I haven't beaten that many actual Metroid games, I played a butt ton of Metroidvania, uh, Castlevania games, and just other Metroidvanias, yeah. and um, like Shantae, uh, uh, Risky's no, was it Half Genie Hero? There've been a lot of Shantae games with yeah, a lot uh, of confusing titles. The one I like, I think Half Genie <laughs> Hero might be. That's the new one, right? Yeah, that's the one I didn't like. That's the one uh, you didn't like as much. Whichever it's one came before that Pirate's one. Pirate's Curse. Pirate's Curse. There it is. Uh, like, was, uh, I think, like, again, it's like any other game where they hide secrets in intelligent ways. And the thing is that what's frustrating is that if it was just secrets, it'd be like, yeah, that's annoying because I, I want, like, that's something I find really compelling in games is trying to find cleverly hidden secrets, not just blowing shit up at random. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of that stuff, that, like, single block with no real difference is the only way to move forward. And right. that's where shit gets kind of like, this is veering into bad game design. This is <laughs> like, uh, it's a, a lot of my time with uh, the game so far has been mostly frustration. Uh, and the thing is that there, uh, this version in particular has something called a pulse scan, I think, where you hit a button and you scan a whole huge area around you um, and it shows you, like, uh, the map on the touchscreen, like, it'll map out the rooms uh, in a certain radius around you, and it'll even, like, have the blocks that you can destroy that, uh, like, they'll start glowing, so... Yeah, there's some, I mean, like, uh, are there power bombs in that game? Yeah. Because that was, that was the technique that you used in other Metroid games, is um, when, you, when you use a power bomb, it will reveal what it will break any breakable blocks and then if a block is only breakable with certain like with the speed boost or whatever it will reveal that to you as well so that was sort of like how you advanced in the game is like this looks like a dead end let me power bomb and see what it actually means so it seems like that's sort of a faster version of of doing that yeah and it that feels like a design band-aid to me it's like Mm -hmm. it it makes the pro i mean it makes the process less tedious but it doesn't fix it at its core Mm -hmm. and um uh what was i gonna say something about the oh that i guess it's another thing is that blocks like only being able to be interacted or like you can only interact with them with very specific uh like weapons sometimes um that stuff also doesn't usually have great visual indication to the Mm. point where there's literally like you'll shoot the block and there'll just be a symbol that appears on top like oh no 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 this is missile it's like (laughs) yeah this is um again like i i guess i guess i'm a little frustrated by the fact that i'm i'm not super enjoying the game so far yeah uh, what's what's interesting to me from hearing you say that is when the game was first announced and it was mercury steam as the developer my main worry was that this was not going to feel like a metroid game that it was going to take the lords of shadow route and just turn metroid into this sort of like hack and slashy like more boring character action experience yeah and from what i'm hearing you say like that actually lines up a lot with my experiences with the metroid franchise so it sounds like they maybe did do a good job making a metroid game but now you're saying like actually this isn't that fun though (laughs) yeah like i'm i 
the thing is that I adored what I played of Fusion. I loved what I played of Zero Mission. Uh, I beat mm-hmm. Metroid Prime, and I loved what I played of Prime 3. Uh, mm. I, like, from what little I played of Super Metroid, I really, really dig it. I, I don't know, like, at least as far as exploration goes, what the big difference is here that I'm just not digging, or maybe I'm less patient. I just, I don't know, but... Uh, maybe it is that I have a lot of uh, newer examples to compare it to or like. Yeah. Uh, and it, and it could be also the case of just like, you know, like the, this is going to, this sounds really um, pretentious, but like the, a, a, an amateur painting with the master's brush, right? Like, like if you have played Metroid games and you know, there's supposed to be blocks that are only breakable with certain weapons, but you don't design a cool level around that you just have those blocks then it's going to feel frustrating in a way that uh, like a really cool level that also incorporates those blocks is not going to feel frustrating so sure. without i don't want to pass judgment on samus returns without having played it myself but that's one also possible thing is like people understanding what should go in a metroid game based on what has been in others without fully grasping like how to design around that to make a satisfying experience yeah um it's it's really tough because again i'm i'm hearing a lot of praise for it from reviewers but less from actual gamers like reviewers are all like oh man samus is back check it out nine out of ten and then i feel like actual gamers i've heard have been like this is kind of frustrating and Mm. uh i i feel like there's uh like i i feel like that relationship is usually a little bit closer um yeah, but uh, the, the other element of the game that's really frustrating so far uh, is the combat. And the thing is that I love combat in, uh, in Fusion. Uh, I mm-hmm. like combat in the Prime games. Um, but, like, the, that 2D, like, overall the controls are pretty good, is something I should say. Like, um, uh, you, you get, like, some of the mobility that you got in games like Fusion, like the edge grab and stuff, and that all feels great. Yeah, that um, was good in Fusion. Or at least yeah. I, that's my memory of it. <laughs> Yeah, but um, the combat is entirely built around the counter, uh, like a counter mechanic where um, uh, as soon as you get into an enemy's uh, like general area, they'll flash white and dash directly at you. And if you tap uh, the counter button at the right time, then you send them backwards a little bit, you auto lock onto them and you hit the shot button like once or twice and then they die. And that is the like at least at the point in the game that I am and from what I've heard like pretty much any point in the game that is the only uh like really effective way to take care of enemies um right and it it completely changes like I, I feel like jumping around aiming and shooting and stuff was really satisfying in uh the yeah other it was Metroid like games. it was good like it didn't yeah. it didn't need any tweaking it, it no. felt pretty good <laughs> yeah and um like right now it's like it it it's almost quick time events you run forward you hit the button shoot twice run forward hit the button shoot twice like it's very start and stop because Mm -hmm. uh if you shoot enemies uh normally all you're doing is aggroing them to then come dash at you and it's it's not like they like move forward and all have like a different interesting thing you have to counter it's like as soon as they see you or as soon as you shoot them they immediately just bolt directly for you really quickly. And the only reasonable action you can take is countering them. And yeah, that's, that's disappointing because Metroid was always pretty like (laughs) the platforming and the uh, combat were 
they were like inter they were linked in a way like yeah you weren't ever doing just one or the other you were you were usually doing both at the exact same time and this seems like it's sort of like you you stop adventuring forward to have this little combat sequence and then you continue afterward yeah it's uh it's not very good in my opinion combat <laughs> i uh and and it sucks cuz i i still want to play more of it like i there are elements that I like, but I'm even having trouble putting my finger on them. Like, I think I am just really reluctant to dislike a new 2D Metroid. Um, <laughs> it it really sucks, because it's like, I, I didn't have to fucking convince myself that I liked Cuphead. I sat down, booted it up, right. and I was like, this is incredible. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, uh, most games I sit down, I enjoy. But it's like, I feel like I'm trying to be like, no, 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 like, give it more of a chance try to accept it more on its terms like play the game exactly the way it it wants you to play like just i yeah it's just not that fun so far um yeah that's that's a shame yeah um is there like is there much in the way of story because i know the story of metroid 2 from when i played metroid 2 on the game boy yeah um uh, I, I don't think they screwed with the story a whole lot like I th- there's a little like opening sequence with still artwork um mm. And then you just kind of plop down and you move forward. Because I always thought that was a cool... Um, one one thing I always like was annoyed by with the Prime games was I thought that the like arc of Samus through the first four Metroid games was like really neat. Because like, it's almost like this... Well, it's, a lot of it is um, ripping off of the Aliens franchise. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's really cool how like in the first game, the Metroids are like this weapon that are being used by space pirates because they're a very dangerous animal uh, that can, like, suck the life out of people. And so, like, you learn about that in Metroid 1, and then in Metroid 2, uh, the government is like, Samus, go down to this planet and just fucking wipe out every single Metroid on the entire planet. Like, all of them. Like, they're too dangerous to live. Like, get rid of them. And then um, in Metroid 3, because in Metroid 2, um, you're left with one Metroid. And then, you know, the last Metroid is in captivity. Whatever. Metroid, uh, Super Metroid happens... And then by the time you get to Metroid 4, you get injected with Metroid DNA because, as it turns out, wiping out an entire species on a planet is a bad idea because the prey of that species is left to flourish and you need to be a Metro- you need to be part Metroid to survive the X-Virus. It's cool. Metroid has a cool plot. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like they just left it alone with Metroid, or the, the new Metroid 2 remake. Yeah. Which is it, fine. They, they, they didn't mess around with it much. And, um... It's like the the way that they're depicting like Samus's character and stuff she she doesn't talk um and like the the animations all feel really appropriate um like the the animation in the game and stuff is is pretty good I I think it's it's hard at this point to say that a 3DS game looks good because the hardware <laughs> is just so fucking old um right and it's like I can tell this is a good looking 3DS game but it's still kind of hard on the eyes because it is a fucking 3ds game in a way um yeah it's always rough when it like at the nintendo direct whenever they show a 3ds game like blown up and it's like ooh, ooh, make it small please (laughs) (laughs) like i know it probably looks fine in motion but oh man (laughs) yeah like every time i see a screenshot i'm like that is impossibly ugly and then i play it it's like (laughs) it's fine because it's like fucking 240p resolution and they're blowing it up to like a 1920 by 1080 screen like yeah, that looks like horse shit. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it. Are you? Do you think you're gonna like keep 
keep plugging away at it or are you nearing the end of your time with metroid i honestly don't know because the thing is that there are so many great games coming out um Mm -hmm. like mario odyssey's coming out in like two or three weeks weeks yeah yeah um golf story just came out um which looks incredible Um, yeah i want to play golf like i'm i'm really heavy into cuphead right now and uh steam world dig 2 looks amazing and honestly i've heard that steam world dig 2 is the better metroidvania between the two games (laughs) and uh i i might honestly just kind of jump for that one if i'm really if i've really got that itch i guess or i could play super metroid on the uh snes classic or something because i'm just i'll see how it goes i think i need to give it another shot i might just be being down on it because i haven't played it in a while and maybe i have a really pessimistic memory or something but um (laughs) well as as someone who has like struggled through uh the blaze blue (laughs) storyline i urge you to if you're not having a good time with it it's okay to just set it down and say like (laughs) this is not for me (laughs) yeah i i guess that's the thing is like there's so much quality out there right now one game that just came out today that looks absolutely amazing is a hat in time oh yeah yeah kind of a also kind of an unfortunate release because like the new mario is about to come out and now it's going to be compared to that right but yeah i remember uh hearing about that a couple years ago and being like oh yeah that's my jam yeah it uh it's been like gestating for years Mm -hmm. um and uh i i urge you both the the humble listener and or (laughs) listeners and kieran mccarthy the the co-host of this very podcast um to check out some gameplay footage because the movement system in hat in in a hat in time looks to be uh i'm sorry uh looks to be on par uh with super mario sunshine in a way that no game has looked since super mario sunshine (laughs) um like even Mario Odyssey, like, it looks incredible, but I don't know if the movement system looks as good as Mario Sunshine's or Hat in Time's. As far as, like, huge jump spanning, like, really large areas with super precise control. Like, it, it looks like it yeah. plays like a dream. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is a very strange thing to say, but if, if you check out some footage, I think you'll get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um... Yeah, but that that is not in any way a knock against uh, Mario Odyssey's controls. That game controls like butter, and uh, <laughs> that is still my most anticipated game of the year. But um, yeah, we'll have to do we'll have to uh, break our rule that we always break and just talk about Mario Odyssey when that comes out, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, actually, uh, something about being on topic, uh, I was kind of debating, and this is a hell of an undertaking. But I was kind of debating uh, playing through every game on the Super Nintendo Classic for this show, and uh, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I um, I'll see how it goes. I'll see if my attention span will allow that to happen. Um, uh, I have some of them, so if you want to, if you want to pick one, because I have like I have access to Super Metroid, I have access to Mega Man X and uh, Yoshi's Island and Mario World, I think. Okay. Uh, and Castlevania Four, if that's on it, I can't remember. Yeah, it is. That could be a fun spooktacular for this upcoming Halloween season. That could actually Play be through really Castlevania. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, let's consider doing that very thing. <laughs> Man, um, you, you think we should start wrapping up? We're getting to about an hour. And yeah, hour. let's let's wind it down. Um, yeah. If you do, you want to dig out that that 
old refrain of the um the email address that people can oh, email us at <laughs> yes um that is a great idea yeah. um let me let me double check that i have the right one yep okay sure. so uh, uh yeah if you if you want to email us and ask us a question or give us a piece of your soft tissue your yeah. brain that um, pink stuff in your head that mm-hmm. makes you think any soft tissues work. I'm less picky than Kieran, <laughs> so send them directly to me at uh, Kieran'sHouse.com. Um, okay, let's. Uh, our email address is uh, Joey and Kieran late to the game at gmail.com. That's Kieran spelled K I E R A N. Uh, send for us now. for now. Dun dun. <laughs> um that was probably piercing i apologize uh yeah so uh yeah send us any questions you guys may have um and uh fan art um of me uh sitting on uh kieran (laughs) draw me real fat i want that i want that like super fat like the way people always draw sonic like like sensually fat i want you to draw me sensually fat Sitting on Kieran, uh, playing Beautiful Joe. And I also want you to, to draw Joey sitting on top of me, but um, look up that Junji Ito comic where there's like a person hidden inside a chair who, who like terrorizes the owner of said chair. That's, that's the direction. That's the, uh, that's the direction I want you to take it. So two different types of fan art, similar, but also different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I expect it on my desk by Monday. Yes. Um, <laughs> Make them both All right. I'm, I'm feeling frisky. <laughs> well, Joey, until <laughs> until next time, uh, we really need to think of a good send off, a good like sign off uh, for this yeah. show. But maybe let's make up one right now. Until then, until then, until See next time. Later, later to the game. Later to the game. Bye, everyone. <laughs>